Behold, trapped in a hellscape of their own invention, socially unaware old white men bound by the pretense of being fake lawyers yet knowing no law, no exquisite Latin terminology, they are inexplicably compelled to quibble over minutia, squabble over triflings and bicker like those who value their backyards far too highly without even knowing the difference between an easement and an alleyway. At this very moment, you have entered the heart of the law offices of quibble, squabble and bicker. Let's get started. Welcome to another edition of the Law Offices of Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker on the September 22nd, 2021. We have a very special guest here today. His name is Ike Avelli, and he's a comedian and author based out of some state on the East Coast. I think it's uh, somewhere out there. Anyway, and he's uh, I may or may not be helping us later on with our client, which is Schmear the Queer. And so um, keep stay tuned, everybody, for that, because who knows where that's going to go. But today, I believe Brendan has worked out uh, a sponsor for us to not pay our bills because it's not a real sponsor. Just like we're not lawyers, everybody, and don't forget it. So, uh, Brendan, if you'd like to take over, feel free. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, today um, our sponsor is actually a, um, uh, a nonprofit that uh, the law office equivalent Squabble and Bicker support. And uh, the Law of Quibble, Squabble, and Bigger is proud to promote the House of Your Mama, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing food and shelter to struggling comedians. That's right. If you haven't just found your groove, if your timing is off and all you have is a bad Your Mama joke or a pun not even worthy of Matt's dad, the House of Your Mama has a place at the table for you. You can give to the House of Your Mama by contacting us directly at our website, qsblaw.org, and join our circle of friends or circle of jerks. The house of your mama. When your jokes fall flat, you don't have to. Oh, God, I definitely need that. Although I have no. to say that my dad has probably never told a pun or a joke in his life. So I uh, got the address. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Ike was all over that one. Well, thank you very much for that one, Brendan. I think that was actually better than you thought it was. It was... Uh, it also goes with like an episode that we did like a year or so ago when we did uh, Yo Mama and Cryptids. I, I thought of the Yo Mama thing and I knew that Ike was a comedian. So, and I had five minutes while I was try trying to screw my, my camera together. So anyway, typical Haggerty last minute, huh? And we're glad that the dog is helping you too with your special yeah, sound I know. I, I, love, I love the dog right now. I've texted my wife. She doesn't seem to give a shit. <laughs> She's like... Podcast schmodcast, you bastard. The so, irony is before she left and the dog in the house by itself, she said, are you doing your podcast? I said, yeah, I'm trying to get on right now. She goes, okay. And then she left. <laughs> she should help you considering you got that really crappy tattoo for her last week. It is not crappy. I like it. <laughs> oh, I got to see. It's cute. Tattoos. This is his wife. This is like their 50th wedding anniversary. It's two wait, wait, wait. weasels. Talk two a weasels. Little bit so I can actually see it so you'll be on the big screen. I can't see it with that little say something so you'll be on the main screen. Oh, he's muted himself. Ah. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's yelling because like he's muted Okay, himself. now we go. Here we go. There so you go. there we go. You can, this is a little tricky, but you can see there's, how do I, two weasels. Two weasels, yes, that's exactly what they are. They're sea otters. And it was our our 30th wedding anniversary, not our 50th. I did not marry Holly at two. <laughs> that would be quite a romance. Though. It would be, and it would be oh. quite amazing as well that they got a range at such a young age. All right, so let's let's let our our guest, our real legitimate guest, who has been the first one to show up for three weeks. So thank you for not ghosting us, Ike. We appreciate that. Um, tell us something about Fifty Shades of Gay. Well, I uh, <laughs> now I can hear you. Perfect. <laughs> I think that explained everything we needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Fifty Shades of Gay started uh, February 2015. I was trying to come up with a, a gay pride show for New York City. And the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer came up uh, on TV. And I says, oh, there you go. Fifty Shades of Gay. It's got to happen. So I created this adult variety show. Drag queen singers, myself, costumes, audience participation. And uh, since 2015, we've been selling out cabaret theaters around the country. Did you have any jugglers? 
I want a juggler. Why, you juggle? No, I'm just saying that would be great. <laughs> I, I have aerialists. So a, a, a juggler would be great. Greg I mean, wants to actually get involved with the production of your show and tell you I, what I, I, needs to be I, in I it. I say, Greg, your eyelashes are stunning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you get, clo you. I was Can you get closer to the camera? <laughs> I have to do that to hear. The sound is really bad today for some reason. So I'm like, I can't hear Ike without this. Yeah, you want to be on top of the mic again. <laughs> yeah, the problem with Greg is that he actually doesn't understand how to use technology. And so he doesn't know that it's better to have um, headphones on to listen to people during the course of a podcast. If I tried. Quieter. Yeah, he, but thieves. This is like thieves the last holdout. Right. He doesn't actually have Wi-Fi in his house. Well, guys, if you can't hear me, it's going to be like a fourth week without a guest. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, luckily so I can hear you, so that's the most. You important have to look thing. at my ear hair. No, my ear hair is doing. It's your oh, nose hair that's troubling. Colors. Actually, his ear hair is similar in uh, quantity as his tuft on top of his head. <laughs> so uh, you. Yeah. So you do these shows all around the country. So you're yeah. you're you're on the road a lot. And yeah. how did COVID affect all that? Yeah, we threw a wrench right in that tire. It was uh it was really bad last year. Started doing virtual shows, and that was a nightmare because I got Zoom bombed right in the beginning by a lot of porn stars. Yeah. Oh really? The oh, yeah. like literal porn stars were Zoom bombing you. Like Jenna Jameson was like, I'm going after this guy. They were coming on. They were having sex on the. But the best part was we had like a Pulitzer Prize person on just as they came on. <laughs> That's the beginning of their next book. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> or whatever they won their Pulitzer Prize for. Was it John Updike? Love, love and war and porn. <laughs> <laughs> John Updike is he still alive, Greg? I don't know. I don't know. That was yeah, and it's Fifty Shades of Gay. It wouldn't be Updike. It would have to be something else. Hold on. Okay. It was Up Judy dick. Bloom. <laughs> Ju Judy Bloom was the porn star's name. Judy Bloom. Judy, Judy Dench would be a great him. Judy Judy Bloom and John Updick tonight <laughs> for a one night special. Oh my god! On the New York Times literary supplement <laughs> porn show. That's the New York Times should have a bestseller list for porn videos. That would actually make it a little more interesting, I think. Hmm. Yeah, the ones with literary mer merit. Yes, <laughs> who, who, the was ones. The, who was the um, the porn star, the female porn star that was really big in the seventies, and she did um, what was it called, the Green Room or something? Yeah, I'm the Green Door. The Green, the Green Door. door. Uh, yeah. Is that Chamber Marilyn Chambers? Chambers. Yes. Marilyn Chambers. That's the one. Yes, Marilyn wow. Chambers. No idea. <laughs> my porn, my porn trivia is is weak. It's okay. I, I, I wouldn't call it trivia. I'd call it growing up. I've learned a lot. <laughs> oh, well, I never grew up, so that explains a lot, doesn't uh, it? Uh, yeah. Well, you were actually getting laid, I think. You the thing that doesn't make sense, Greg, is the fact that you're asexual and the fact that you have any connection to porn never makes any sense to me. I, I wasn't asexual for most of my life. Show oh. of hands, how many of you would be a porn star if you were given the right money? <laughs> I would. Never. I would, too. I, no, that would be just too embarrassing. I didn't have the looks. I didn't have the cock size. I couldn't okay. do it. My penis is too small. I would have loved to have been a porn star. Hmm. Why, Greg? Why would you love to be one? Because you're getting paid to fuck. Yeah. The yeah. best thing in the world is fucking, and you get to do it and get paid. I disagree. All I'm saying is, he said the key was he said if the money was right. So right. you know, if the money was right, you know, I'd do no, it. No, you could you could pay me minimum wage for that shit. <laughs> or I'd pay them. You'd pay hey, them. Hey guys, give me a nickel an hour. A little higher. Yeah. Pay me like a Victorian child worker. I'll be fine. Hey, if pay I go on, if I go on mute again, it's because the Girl Scouts walked in the house. That's right. This is probably not topics for the Girl Scouts. This got me in trouble last time. I just want That's you to know. You know, Ike also wrote out. a book. You know, we're like using up his time, but it's not fair. Wow. Ike wrote a book in 2017 called A Year in the Life of Ike Avili and It Ain't Pretty. But it's just specifically a year. So what year did you uh, talk about? Oh, he's showing his book. Say something while you show the book so it shows up. Uh, uh, you didn't see the book? Yeah. This, uh, 
a year in the life of Icavelli. It's uh, from 2017, the entire year, my life on the road. It's just a diary of my life on the road. Are you cuddling with baby harp seals on the cover? I just thought that's a white fluffiness. Baby harp seals. Where did that even come from, Greg? None of them got hurt. It looked like it. It looked like white fluffy stuff all around his head. No, it's all, it's all fake fur. <laughs> got I gotta go all out as a gay man. You gotta you gotta have the fake fur. So are there like, uh, you said 50 shades of gay. So what would be like the first shade and that would be the middle shade and the final shade that you discuss during the course of your show? The first shade is yellow urine. Oh, okay. And the last shade would be poop brown. <laughs> Everything in between is the rainbow. It's the so rainbow scat. between yellow and brown. Yeah, I think ochre is in there yeah. somewhere. So you basically know what you're getting when you come to the show. There's some, <laughs> there's, there's some polka dot in there as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Did, did you ever, did you ever go to like a small town? You get like community blowback from the small town? Like, I don't know. I, I've been really lucky. Uh, we we performed in uh, Providence, um, Chicago, Orlando. Was I, I thought was going to be a little iffy, but they were a great audience. We were just there last. Uh, Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. I mean, aside from Miami, that is the gayest place in Florida. I mean, well, it depends. You know, where I was at the Abbey Theater. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and they uh, they were really good. I mean, a lot of the audience that comes out are usually, believe it or not, birthday parties, bridal parties. I mean, really? there are. Yeah, it's a straight man's dream if you come to my show. <laughs> the, the bridal parties are insane. When When's the, next, when's the next one? You just got a tattoo from your wife. You can't go to that. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Unless you take your wife with you. I'll what take my wife with me. What if you say you're taking the Girl Scouts out for a day? <laughs> and that's where he takes them. I could, I, could, I could tell my wife it's a diversity thing for the Girl Scouts. Yep. What kind of you badge know? do they get for it? They get a nice badge, yellow and brown. A yellow and brown <laughs> Badge. All the colors of the rainbow. Golden shower and scamp badge. <laughs> I'm not going to say any jokes. Just now, you were also the winner of the Get Out Magazine LGBT 2014 Comedian of the Year Award. And what did that get you, that particular award? It got did me you, an award. Did it get you on the cover of the magazine? or? I actually was on the cover of the magazine before the awards even started. I was originally on it in 2013. It didn't get you laid? Did it get you laid? Please. Ricky Martin better be knocking on my door soon after I won that award, but it never happened. <laughs> Ricky Martin is all about uh, comedians. Is, it, is he? I don't know. Do, do you know him? <laughs> I have no idea. Can you put in a good word for me? I'm sure there's some guy named Ricky Martin somewhere in Oregon. I could track him down for you. Yeah, you he, he's Although you, you do Martin have a good has... joke regarding Ricky Martin that I saw in one of your stand-ups. So I think these guys should hear your joke regarding Ricky, Ricky Martin. Martin and how you knew he was gay. Oh, yes. So I usually ask the audience, how many people didn't know Ricky Martin was gay? And usually somebody will raise their hand and I'm like, put your hand down. He was in the boy band Menudo. And I say, let's break that down further. Menudo. Men. You. Do. <laughs> uh, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Now I'll never, I'll never think of Menudo again the same way. I actually alone. thought I knew he was gay because he was just too good looking to be straight. And because uh, I have a theory that a man can't be too good looking without turning gay. It's there's a certain <laughs> threshold. Or when you're incredibly pretty like that, there's no way you're gonna. I don't know what it is because I worked at a gay coffee house for ten years, and all the guys who came in were like. The most beautiful men I've ever seen in my life, and it was like, yeah, you're, you're too beautiful for women, I guess. Are you are you single, Greg? <laughs> I'm single as fuck. <laughs> uh, I could braid your ear hair. There you go. <laughs> and it's long enough to do. Well, then, then Greg, it, it, explain to me is why is that is that why it seems to be generally speaking on the reverse side of that for the for the females. Uh, it, I hate to say it does. I mean, we're probably going to get a lot of bad emails about this, but yeah, and the lesbians could look however they bad they wanted, and they could be studs. They'd be these butch lesbians 
who, if they were straight, they'd be shit out of luck. They'd be fucked if they were trying to get a guy. They'd be like Roseanne Barr. But as a lesbian, they were studs. They had a different hot young lesbian girlfriend with them every week, like making out like bandits. Wow, this is quite a coffee. It's interesting. Show. I've never I actually seen seen bandits making out though, Greg. I mean, what does that look like? Bandits make out. They have urges. <laughs> they have to they have to pull down their their masks. <laughs> Sometimes like we all do now. Built in. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, are you saying that we're all bandits now? Mm-hmm. 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 Gay, gay mm-hmm. men don't usually. I don't get hit on by gay men. I seem to get hit on by straight men. And I, I don't know why, but... It, that it, doesn't it, really make sense to me. Yeah. Why would straight men be hitting on you? A curiosity. Yeah. The curiosity means they're not straight. <laughs> yeah, but how they follow up with it, if they're just looking to see if somebody's interested in them, that's the opposite, you know, of, of what they're into. It's it's like um, I could get a man and I could get a woman. It doesn't mean they have to fulfill it. Yeah, it's just that urge that they, hey, I could get a, a gay man and a, a straight woman, and that is such a strange concept for me. It is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I... where's Bill Cosby and a roofie when you need him? <laughs> All right, that's well, what I was about to say. Isn't he still in prison? No, he's out. <laughs> he's oh, out. He's coming to your door, Greg. Oh yeah, oh, he I'm got. Safe. Yeah, no, you didn't know he got. You, you didn't know he he's not in jail anymore, right, Greg? I you did not know this. Yes, he is not in jail anymore. I thought he'd be in jail for a long time. Nah. It's kind no. of proven he did all that shit. That's crazy. Oh wait, he has money. I forgot. Duh. Well, yeah, and I think he he's got rich. himself a, a decent lawyer. Although I don't think he's getting so many of those residuals anymore. Um, they may have taken those away from him from well, having I, been. Yeah, I don't think the Cosby show's playing well, anymore. The same with Roseanne anywhere. too, and she's back on the air now too. So I think they don't. As long as her name is still attached to it, contractually, I don't think they could stop paying her. Yeah, but Roseanne didn't roofie anybody. Yeah, she didn't do anything that egregious. She just said some stupid shit. If he, if he, if he had different. put a roofie in my drink, I would have never said a word. <laughs> you wouldn't have remembered. He, he picked the wrong floozy. <laughs> <laughs> What's what's the poster behind you, Ike? Sopranos. Sopranos. Oh, okay. Are you, I... are you excited about the prequel, Ike? I, Did you I see the commercial? I've seen it. I've seen the I'm very excited. He's Wait, you saw already... the movie? No, the, uh, the uh, trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm so... Sopranos is the shit for me. That was one of the best things I've ever seen. Weren't they going to make the Sopranos like a fully gay show? Like every <laughs> character? Oh, God, that would have been so funny. I mean, because they only wound up having, like, like, one or two in in it, ultimately, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think they were going to have all of them be gay. I could see the dialogue now, right? Like, were you just trying to run me over with that car? (laughs) I love the scene where um, the guy gets out of prison and he kind of implies, like, yeah, I did some shenanigans. He's like, yeah, in prison you get a pass. Every guy gets a pass in prison to be a little gay. Yeah. You can See, do that shit. There's the straight men again. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a question I have. So if, I don't know if, you, if you've ever been in prison or not, or if you've known people who are in prison. Um, that's so sweet. Yeah, he's got the face of a convict. <laughs> yeah, nice yeah. lead in, Matt. Sure. Well, I, say, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I said I don't know. I don't know. I, he may or may not. I don't know if he can answer this sure. question as all. So as a gay person who's in prison, is that, I mean, not that prison is a good thing, but... Is it a better thing for relationships? <laughs> I can't even believe you're asking this question. I know. I oh. I don't get these opportunities. The I, guy that lectured me about using the word retard is asking this question. Go ahead. You know, many people should lecture you about that. You should still mm-hmm. change your point of view on it. Anyway. Right. I think I would want the world, the, well, the world, the prison, wherever you're at, to know I'm gay. I want to be the bell of the bowl, finally. <laughs> You know, so you want to go car. in like uh, all of flame. Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> flaming. Where, do we, where does that term come from anyway? Why, why, does, why are gay men called flaming? At, you know, at I least? don't know. I even used it in my show at one point, and I don't know why I did. But I, I think it's just uh, the fire. Does it come from flamboyant? Uh, flamboyant? 
don't know. I mm. think the fire, the flame, and the colors, and they're very like flaming. very intense. Like that guy's because usually flaming is for when a guy's really over the top gay, like like yeah. blatantly gay, if you will. Yeah. He's flaming yeah. gay. It's yeah. so like a fire. Fire's out of control. Not, Fire's not the, not the best word. It doesn't really fit anything. Flamey, I would say maybe. Um, yeah. You know what? What's that flower? Oh, pa- no, I don't want to say pansy. <laughs> um, it's something that's a little bit more realistic. Flame. Eh, I don't like the flame. Okay, so don't get too close to it because it'll burn you. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, so you personally are not one of the more flamboyant acting gay performers, I'm assuming. I think for me, I, the deep voice always throws people off. Uh, um, they, they don't understand until they see like when I'm on stage, because I have a lot of costumes on stage. Um, they call me like the share of the comedy world. I've got maybe 10 costume changes in my show. Wow. <laughs> Pretty flamboyant. <laughs> <laughs> so like in the beginning John. of the show you're wearing urine and at the end of the show you're wearing yeah. shit <laughs> yeah but it's a scatty old time <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a scatty old time <laughs> See, that's, your, totally that's the new gay. slogan for your show hell yeah i would totally know you were gay because you're would. so good looking because oh. you're over the threshold are those prescription glasses? <laughs> I was going to say have... he could actually look like our, one of the people on our poster because he's got similar facial hair and glasses to us. Yeah, I do have the cataracts, so I'm getting you cataracts. Don't even, but you don't even drive, Greg. How can yeah, you have I a don't cataract? have cataracts. Thanks, what does that have to do with driving? Well, I you think, can have a Pontiac or you can have a cataract. Well, I think Greg's just flirting at this point. <laughs> He might be, or he's trying to get like a place to live if he moves back east. Greg's originally from New York. Are, all your fathers. Are you in? Are you in New Jersey, Ike? Yes, in another country on its own. Yep. <laughs> well, you don't even have like the heavy Jersey accent either. But I was thinking because you have a Sopranos poster, that may be the the tipper. Yeah, the that, tip off. Well, that when I have a couple of margaritas, then the whole accent, then I start becoming Fran Drescher. It's a, <laughs> you have to see me. It's it's ridiculous. Actually, I, right now. I, I kind of want to hear you Hello. start uh, talking like Fran Drescher. Yeah, it's it's it happened a few weeks ago. Everyone came up to me. They were like, Are "You Fran Drescher's brother?" I was like, "I don't know." It's the margarita. It's the mojitos. It's just one or two, and all of a sudden, do you have any cooking sherry in your kitchen? <laughs> Go drink it right now. Cooking sherry. Anything, Fred, any alcohol. You just want him to get drunk right now, Greg. Is what I yeah, so I want to hear Fran Drescher's brother. I'll, co- I'll come out to Oregon. <laughs> we would welcome you. you. We'll take you out to karaoke or hey, something. Or... Let me know if there's a cabaret theater out there. I will book it. Darcells. Oh, my God. Darcells. Darcells is like the institution. Yeah. Darcells is like the big drag theater in Portland. Really? Do you know that Darcells? For like 30 I years. I, no, it's been 50 years. It was started on my birthday. The same week I was born, 1967, Darcel's been doing that shit. You're younger than me, you bitch. <laughs> I'm younger than you? You're the bitch. You look like you could be my son. I'm 55. You're mad at me? Yeah. I'm oh, my God. 56. At no point are you supposed to call the guest bitch, Greg. <laughs> no, 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 no. The straight man you don't call a bitch. The gay man's flattered. Ah. well you you and i are the same age then like you look great i have to say i wish that i looked as uh, healthy as you yeah (laughs) i'm gonna say that he's a flaming bitch right now that's how i feel like a flaming bitch you are really sweet greg it makes complete sense now why he's getting along with us then yeah (laughs) now i understand it's the same era that you know, every mm-hmm. time we talk to people like you, Ike, we talk to some people who are like our age or older. Oh, people like, like you, Greg? You're just being no, racist now? No, not like gay. Not gays. I'm saying 30. They look like they're 35 and they're older than me. And I'm like, I got to change my life. I feel so bad. <laughs> no, like, I, I, I'm doing something wrong. We go, when we are, we're out hanging out with everybody after the shows, we go to the gay clubs. And a lot of the guys are in their 20s, but they look like they're 50. Ooh. It's so hard. They're doing the drugs and the, you know, it's 
Mm. If you want to say, hey, lay off, you're going to be in a retirement home by 30. Wow. Yeah, that one. Hey, wait, it, could this be a thing? I just came up with it. So they say black don't crack. So maybe gay don't gray. Maybe something about being gay makes you age better. I think it's just Ike got lucky, Greg, because there's certainly plenty of older gay men who look like older gay men. Uh, yeah, some look great, though. My brother looks great. See, well, there you go. You could hook him up with Ike. He's uh, Your brother's just a little bit He's older. He's got a boyfriend. Oh, well, forget oh. it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ike doesn't care. Hey, Ike, I do have a question about your name, because in Zoom here, we have you as RJ Iacovelli. Um, yeah. Does RJ mean something in particular? No, that's actually, Icavelli is a breakdown of my stage name. That's my last name, but I made it I-K-E-Avelli, Icavelli. Because no one would ever be able to spell it? They, that's why I got it when I was a kid. Oh, are you Italian? Yeah. No, that name is actually Portuguese, Greg. <laughs> Call I don't know. <laughs> it's very Ethiopian. That's like Ethiopian type of name, Icavelli. I'm Icavelli. Uh, Italian. Who wants an empanada? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you like the Sopranos too. Well, I'm sure it has something to do with the show, Greg, not just because he's Italian. No, I like it because I'm Italian. It helps that I'm Italian. But you got to understand, like, lots of people like that show who are not Italian and don't live in Jersey. I know, Greg. but they don't get the rich. So that isn't Italian necessarily does. the reason there's he would layer. like the show. I, when you're I, Italian, there's another I never, layer you get. I never saw the show. Oh, you! I think idiot. I think Brendan is lying to us. <laughs> you no, bitch! It's, it's true, and I'm not Italian, so maybe that's why. Please <laughs> watch it tonight. <laughs> well, I'm not Italian, and I love the show. It's definitely one of the best shows that was ever made. I saw The Departed, the movie. I mean, I saw that. Um, yeah, but that's that's Irish mafia. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that makes more sense then. I I like your shirt, Brendan. Brendan. Oh, yes, Beastie Boys. Yes. Yes. Brendan actually yeah. knew them before they were called the Beastie Boys. No, I didn't. I Don't thought you said life. you knew them before they had that name. I didn't like, know them. I mean, they were a band. You knew of they were them. The I knew of them. Oh, okay. I thought they like performed at a place where you performed or something in Seattle. No, we're we're crossing time streams or something. No, mm -hmm. the Beastie Boys were in New York, and um, they never they never made it to Seattle until they were the Beastie Boys. But they were a punk band originally. Oh, okay. And there you go. There's your music history lesson for today. Oh no, it was it was Kurt Cobain who you knew before he got into the yes. Nirvana. That's what it was. That's right. Okay. Who was not? Who was not in the Beastie Boys? <laughs> he should have. No, been. but you did tell us you opened for some hot shit. Oh, sorry. Never mind. I, what were you saying? <laughs> no, that's a seat. Look at how a gay man controls the room. See this. <laughs> with a pen <laughs> i think that was a spoon all the same age music you gotta love the music from the past oh absolutely yeah hands down yes beethoven mozart exactly uh, sticks Cap on logs right <laughs> i did a beating um rocks against the cave wall the music I from the past is the best yeah i i recently did a thing with my oldest son where we were having this debate about the 80s versus the early 2000s, which is kind of his time period. So we both made Spotify lists called uh, Def Defend the Decade. And I made one for the 80s, and he made one for the early 2000s. And uh, I think we both came to the conclusion that if you weren't listening to, you know, the regular, like, music, there was a lot of good music in both time periods. Because I was like, it's like the early 2000s, I'm like, garbage? What are you talking about, the early 2000s? Yeah. There was, I, there was some good music. I love the '80s. The '80s to me, the it, you had everything, you right? Know, the, the head, yeah. the hair bands. The uh, of course, you had Whitney Houston, Madonna, Tina Turner, Prince. Think about it; they're all huge names, and they were all talented. Now I couldn't even tell you who's on the charts. I could. I was trying. I asked my 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 daughter that question. I'm like, who's popular right now? She's like, and she's 26. She's like, is it um. Katy Perry, maybe? I don't know. No, it's like Drake, Kendrick Lamar, actually, who won like a Pulitzer um, for his rap, honestly. And um, Major Laser. There's a bunch of little, little John, I think, might still be popular. There's the a track. lot of littles out there. I do know that. A lot that. of littles. <laughs> little this, little that. Yeah. Skinny That's penis, all those people. Hey, um, Ike, is there anything else that you were specifically wanting to promote? Like, do you have a show coming up that you're doing anywhere? or? Well, I, I actually have another show that came out right before the pandemic. Uh, I wrote, uh, it was called Lube, 
a gaysicle, <laughs> and it's it's a parody of Grease, and uh, it's it was actually it, it did amazing, and we are trying to bring it back in the spring of next year. So if you guys ever come out to New York or New Jersey, you got to come see the show. It's hysterical. Lube a gaysicle. Does it take place in the 50s? Is that why the connection agrees? No, we actually did everything um, current. So there was a lot of, we put pop songs in there. I wrote a lot of the parodies from Greece and changed them up. And then we have a lot of uh, pop mm -hmm. songs from the, the past, the classics like Queen, um, uh, Spice Girls. We, we mixed up so many songs that kind of fit the storyline and we sing them live and lip sync and it's hysterical. I'm telling you, you guys got to come out and see it one well, time. Oh, definitely. What uh, what song from Greece did you parody? Uh, there were a few of them. Did um, there are worse things I could do? Uh, <laughs> okay, on that one. Uh, the other one was uh, Sandy. And, okay. And uh, look at me, I'm Sandra D. Except this one was called "Look at Him, He Is John Holmes." <laughs> <laughs> That's a parody. Yeah. So nice. is that where Uber Lube comes from? Your uh, product, Uber Lube, is that yes, from the musical? Okay. The fascist lubrication. I, I told them, I said, send me some money, some product, and I will write a show for Lube. <laughs> so there's worst thing I can do. What's the take on that? What's the Everything. You can make a list of the worst change. things you could do, yeah, Greg. The, the song Brown I, I, stuff? It was, I guess I am naive is what the song is called, and it's the girl who plays Sandy, but it's not Sandy, but she's attracted to the guy who turns out to be straight. So I'm sorry, the, the straight guy who turns out to be gay. So she's in love with this guy and then she finds out he's gay and then the song comes in, I guess I am naive. And that would be my theme song growing up as I, <laughs> I guess I am naive, which unfortunately does bring us to the midway point on our show, just so everybody knows, Icavelli can be found at icavelli.net. You can find out all about him there, or you could um, stalk him at home to learn actually a lot more, and we'll give out that address and phone number later. Um, but right now, we have a special segment um, that was first introduced last week. Um, this is our, um, our food segment. So uh, this is a, a special production from uh, Waspy Soda Pop. So here we go. Food is freaking, food is freaking, food is freaking with Waspy's Soda Pop. Hi everybody, today's recipe is zebra cake with real zebra. First you gotta preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. You wanna coat a 10 cup pan liberally with rendered zebra fat and then set aside. Then in the bowl of your mixer, use a paddle attachment and mix two cups of rendered zebra fat. You want to get that from like your local exotic meats butcher and two cups of sugar together for two minutes. So light and fluffy. You add nine seagull eggs. They got to be wild seagull eggs. No domesticated seagull. One at a time. Mixing until combined. Scraping the sides as needed. Sides of the bowl, not the seagulls. Then you turn the mixture to low and add three cups of flour, two cups of minced tenderized zebra meat. Slowly until combined. Again, Scraping the sides so everything is combined evenly. Spread the batter into the prepared pan and bake for 70 to 80 minutes. You allow the cake to cool in the pan for about 20 minutes. So you're going to burn your mouth and then release onto a wire rack to cool completely. Then draw a little zebra on top with a pencil or something that you draw on cakes with. Whatever you, know, whatever you want to use, a little spray paint. I don't know. As long as it's edible, it's important. There you go. This has been Waspy Soda Pop with Real Zebra Cake with Real Zebra. I think I said that twice. Mmm. -mm. Food is freaking. Food is freaking. Food is freaking with Waspy Soda Pop. So glad that he has joined us for. Uh... I know. We have a fourth member now Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker. That is great. It needs a video. <laughs> It does need a video. I just, he's got like extra production now. He got himself a singer and everything. It's, uh, yeah. it actually sounds like good food, though. These recipes you make up, or I'm sorry, waspy makes up. Cake with it's zebra not... meat, Greg, is something that's appealing. Yeah, nice savory cake. Liberally. Okay. I made a savory cake once. It's great. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. this brings us I like, actually. I like how waspy 
Oh, never mind. Yeah. No, go ahead, Greg. What were you going to say? You like how waspy? I was going to say, I like how waspy feels the need to tell you to let it cool down or you're burning your mouth. Like, that's part of the recipe. Yeah, it's like safety like first. Like common sense. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's why you're cooling like it. it down. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, um, Ike, if you want to stick around for to help us with our client for today, our client for today is Schmear the Queer, and basically that's it comes about because Greg and I were having a conversation about when we first became aware of homosexuality when we were growing up, and the first, I think, inkling of it came from this game that we would be taught by older boys in the neighborhood called smear the queer now i was i became aware of that around i think the age of 10 or so and i was living in virginia at the time and greg you were in new york i'm assuming around the same age brenda do you had you ever ever heard of this game smear the queer um yeah no um it was um something you played it was like a football-esque type of game that i recall yeah, yeah I, for some reason you just like nailed people to the ground you don't know why you know, I mean, I was that no, something. I, I mean, you're the uh, similar age. Did you come across that? It, it was called getting lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at the time, I didn't know what a quote-unquote queer was. I thought a queer was just somebody who was strange or different, and whatever that meant. So it would be like whoever was picked to be that at the time. But you know, that would have been in the, around the mid '70s. And so I think that was kind of when homosexuality is becoming more familiar in terms of on a more societal scale based upon what was coming out of San Francisco at the time. And then just the a couple of years. People. Yeah, I think a couple of years later was Village People, yeah. like 77 or 78, yeah. something like that. Um, but at some point. Wait, 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 wait. They're gay? Well, I don't think the lead singer was. No, no he wasn't. But okay, um, I think, Ike, Ike, don't you know a couple of guys from the Village People? Yes, I do. I actually interviewed um, Native American, now we say, uh, from the Village People just a few weeks ago. We uh, do a show called Shut Up and Drive with Eileen Shapiro. Whoa! And we picked him up on the street. We had a great interview. You got to watch. It's on YouTube. Oh, Eileen uh, is the our publicist who, who connected yeah, us. I want to see that. And uh, she wanted me to ask you about a taxi cab. Ah! Is this the thing that she's talking about? Shut up and drive. Oh my God! All right. So, do you want to go back to the queer, or do you want to go? Back? No, let's. I'm. I want. I want in on the. Taxi I want the cab. taxi cab. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For five hundred, right, Alex? All right, yeah. So, <laughs> so, 2017, Eileen and I met up in the city. And we were talking business, and she did an interview for a, um, a publication, and we had to head back to Penn Station, and we get in the cab, and we decided to be really vulgar while the guy was driving. Like, think taxi cab confessions. Her trying to give me a blowjob, uh, <laughs> simulating sex. It was it was the most funniest thing. I wish we had video cameras. If you guys had seen this, you would have been peeing in your pants. Yellow, wow. like on the, the rainbow, the Fifty Shades, yeah. If only mine was. So. <laughs> what was the so, cabbie doing? That he, he was just, he was wondering, when the fuck is this stop going to end? <laughs> he could have kicked you out. They have the right to be like, get the fuck out of my cab. Yeah, we, we, so, were, we were insane. Were you in a full state of undress by the end of it, or what, what happened? No. Do you know how oh. hard it was to get in that outfit for me as it was? <laughs> I can't get out of that <laughs> Aha. Uh -huh. All right. So that's the cab story. Yeah. All right. So, but shut up and drive is different. Is that like your own podcast? Yeah. I would say um, we do it live in a car. Billy Hess is a photographer and he's the driver. And then we pick up our guests and we kind of have these really stupid interviews with them. And we're familiar with stupid interviews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just drive around the city, get some information on them. They promote what's going on and then we give them some lube. <laughs> to get them out of the cab. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, stuck. That's right. Yeah. That's the sound that it makes when they get out of the cab. <laughs> After the lube is like liberally applied. So, liberally. so, shut it. So the, the the photographer is the driver. Correct. He, he now he's a, he's a New York City photographer, and he raised his hand to be the driver because he's he's just as crazy as the both of us. So how does he take the pictures while he's driving? No, we don't. He don't take the pictures outside after oh, the ride. Okay. <laughs> Although I, I do, I do kind of say, "Hey, 
he's not a bad driver. Three DUIs and look how great he's driving. You know, and then they uh, want to get out. Hey, that'll get you in the Catskills. That kind of joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take my wife, please. Hey, did I mention our 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 nonprofit for you, Matt? <laughs> tell me, tell me the, the nonprofit, house, the house of your mama. You may you may find a home there. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for one. It's something that's and our other necessary. sponsors, Uberlube. <laughs> Uberlube. We have two sponsors today. I know that's actually a real product. It seems. And it's mm. the salons, high-end salons, use it in their hair to finish off the. Well, doesn't that sound funny? Finish, finish off. off, huh? <laughs> a happy ending to the haircut. All the Nazi salons. They use it when they, the girls put the finishing product in there. Yeah, I need to go to the hair salon where there's the finishing off. I I just I give a tip. I give a tip, and she, you know, yeah. mumbles something to me, and I leave. That's. I think you need to like talk to your nonprofit as well, Brendan. Anyway, regarding your tip, so that I'll give you a tip. <laughs> yeah, that's the so tip. Getting back to our client, which is again Schmear the queer. So. At some point, we all became aware of what homosexuality was. So, can you guys some recall of us more than you, others? Can you recall when or where you were when that that concept finally like became clear that it had to do with um, men being with other men? Like, what, like when I, he was I don't in even, prison. I, <laughs> when Brenton was in prison. Hey, we talked. We said we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> you get a pass, Brendan. Mm, right. I, well, I can, anyone could answer this because I had a, I had a good friend in high school who I always thought was gay. So I knew I must have had that concept at the time. But but actually, I talked to him just a number of years ago. He said at the time he didn't know he was gay. He didn't right. think yeah. of himself as gay. Most kids back then didn't couldn't admit they were. Gay. Yeah, but he was like a junior senior in high school. Yeah, you know? that was still too early. My brother right. was closeted till he was like mid twenties. He was dating girls. Uh -huh. He was fighting it. You know, we grew up Catholic. 43. So, 33. 43. So just seven years, 70, like that. 12 years so ago. I, did you, I don't know how to add. Ike, were you like, did you know you were gay though? Like, were you masturbating, thinking about men since you were a kid or you fought it? Well, enough? I dated women. I, I dated women. Yeah. I dated one woman for about eight years. Yeah. And, but yeah, there, you still thought about it because we grew up in a time well for me anyway i you couldn't be gay you couldn't say the word gay you oh. just really you know you hit it and that's you did your best you could um but you'd be surprised today you see people men are really a little more you know feminine uh and they're married and have children and back then you tried to be straight you tried to act straight <laughs> Did you know, like, you probably realized, oh, I'm different. Um, did you know that, like, oh, they're playing Smear the Queer. I'm, did you know, like, I'm queer? Or did you have that realization? Well, I knew I did like women, but I also knew I liked men, you know? Yeah. So it, it was almost to the point where I didn't know which I liked more. Or, but still, back in the day, you, you just couldn't be. So I tend to be with women. There was no big well, club. But at what point did you know that you were attracted to men? I would I would say probably when I was 16 or 17. Okay. See, so I never even had that concept yeah. of being attracted to men. Yeah. Um, so it, for me, it was just something out of my realm of knowledge and experience. You know, I you didn't just, know that people had those feelings. I never did until today. You hung around with the wrong guys, Matt, obviously. <laughs> well, you know, as a Navy brat, you know, I didn't. I didn't hang around with a lot of people growing up because I would move like every two or three years. So I think I didn't have like an opportunity to build relationships with people to find more of these things out. You know? So basically Matt is a flaming heterosexual. <laughs> flaming. Flaming. See, now that can't word. even imagine. <laughs> I think it's more of a blatant, a blatant heterosexual. Or flaming. You could say yeah. flaming. Fierce. Uh, You're fierce. To answer your to answer your question, Matt, I had a friend that um, I was probably 12, 13, maybe 14, somewhere in there. And I knew the concept, but it wasn't it was just something in like on TV shows or, you know, something like that. And uh, I went over to his house once and he had a twin brother and he was a he was a he was a headbanger, long hair, you know, rocker, more Metallica slayer than poison. We get over to his house and his twin brother came out of the kitchen 
and like floated three inches above the ground. I mean, <laughs> the mo- it was one of the most effeminate people I had ever met, let alone male or female gender. This was like, and he comes out, he's like, hi guys. And I'm like, and Mike, who's like, oh, it's, this is my brother, Scott. I'm like, oh, Scott. He goes, call me Scotty. Do you guys want something to eat? And he went back in the kitchen and I'm like, holy shit, dude. He goes, I know, I know, I know. And so we had this conversation about it. And Scotty was a lifelong friend and is a hairdresser in Seattle now. And I, I think the world of him. We, we got, me and Mike got in more fights in high school because Scotty would want to come to the party with us. And we're like, Scott, don't come to the party. He's like, please. We're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then you had to defend his honor. Yeah, yeah, we we'd find him outside crying because somebody punched him, and Mike's like, "We got to deal with this." And I'm like, "Okay, let's go." Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that when I don't, I really don't know when I became aware of what homosexuality was. I knew it was happening back in junior high, like eighth and ninth grade. I was delivering yeah. newspapers, and I remember hearing about AIDS at the time, because um, that would have been like eighty, eighty-one, and I used to read the newspapers. You know, but I think it never really dawned on me in exactly what that meant. You know, it's like, yeah, there's things that strange. There's men who are with men. So it's like I was starting to get the idea. And then I left uh, Bremerton, Washington, and then moved to the Philippines. And there was no real opportunity for that until I heard about Binny Boys. And in the Philippines, Binny Boys were apparently effeminate men who would hang out at the hair salons or something because wow. my mother had mentioned them. And then I was like, well, I don't want to be around that. You know, so there was something growing up that caused me to not want to be near men who acted in effeminate ways, you know, and yeah. so I think I just kind of rejected that concept for a long time. But I, 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 I didn't meet, I think. Let me ask you, Matt. So now yeah. how do you feel about it today? Oh, I don't really care. I, don't yeah. know. I mean, people but do whatever they're going to do. I think that's so funny how we, yeah. we feel back then. It was it because we were like, for me, I know it was, I didn't want to be associated with it because i wasn't gonna get my ass kicked i wasn't gonna be made fun of i I wanted to be the popular guy and if you were gonna be the popular guy you couldn't be gay right so it's so funny but now we're more you know uh endearing to like everything that happens to to the lgbtq community watching these kids who are so proud of coming out and i'm kind of jealous of that a little bit because i couldn't do that well, you didn't come out till 12 years ago. So why did you wait so long? I mean, because there were plenty of uh, forerunners, like, of, I mean, starting with, let's say, Rock Hudson, for that matter, who was like the epitome of masculinity, who wound yeah. up having AIDS, and everybody's like shocked that, that this guy happens to be gay. But then, you know, Freddie Mercury, who later also passed, unfortunately, um, right. definitely was bisexual. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm assuming that you're in a group of people that would be really visceral in their opinions towards you like friends who would come after you if you happen to mention you're gay and that's what prevented it is that accurate well, you know you, you think about freddie mercury and then you had boy george but these these guys were celebrities so you if they came out nobody's going to say anything they're they're big pop stars you know they're going well, i think everybody knew boy george was not straight well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but there, there were a lot of them like you said rock hudson too he was a big celebrity nobody turned their back on him yeah it's it's a different world when you're not a pop star or a celebrity or a movie star. They just will tear you down. They don't care. Yeah, I more popular. Yeah, I think I think part of it too was at least for me in the '80s because I was into punk rock and that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Those kids ended up in our circle, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, I had I had a, a quite a bit of exposure to 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 gay kids who were out uh, at the time but they were all punk rockers or new wavers or goth kids or whatever. They weren't the kids that were playing on the football team who probably ended up turning out to be gay. I would have never known that I had a friend. We went to a high school reunion. He was like captain of the chess team and is really nice guy. And, you know, he wasn't like a tough guy by any stretch of the imagination. And I got to my high school reunion. He's like, well, I need to introduce you to my partner. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, It was, it was a shock to me, but but the kids I hung out with, uh, there was there was there was a number of uh, alternative kids for sure, well, gays, lesbians. They probably felt comfortable being with you because I mean, in the punk world, to us, you were dressing different. You weren't dressing like everybody else. You were right. You weren't acting a certain way, so they felt really comfortable with the punk scene. 
Yeah, no, I think a lot of them were there because of that and not necessarily because of the music and then the music came later. Right. Greg, right. what is your experience from... Well, then, you know, I always found a weird dichotomy about that because the I grew up in like, you know, the hardcore punk, even straight edge. A lot of them were straight edge. And it's, it seemed like it was a very macho. I mean, they weren't... They were politically correct in a way because the lyrics were about politics. So they wouldn't be like, we hate fags. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty macho and not that gay friendly. But gay somehow did seem to gravitate towards punk because we were we were all queer in a way. We were all weirdos. So it was yeah. like, okay, I, mean, I the feel New more associated with these guys. Yeah, the so New as, as, definitely as, harder. As Mr. Straight Straightenstein here, um, I... Uh, my first encounter with somebody who was actually homosexual who was interested in me was in college. Um, not counting the time when I was in the bathroom and somebody knocked on the stall asking me if I wanted a blowjob. But I was like, I, I politely declined. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, but but then it was, um, we Turn were the hanging out. There were a few of us who were like doing acid. And uh, we went wandering through the town that night, and then we were coming back, and there's one guy I got to know pretty well. I, I mean, not know pretty well, but I got to become familiar with. And uh, he was like, hey, why don't we go back and like listen to some records in my uh, dorm room? I'm like, cool. So we did that, and we listened to records like all night long, and, and then I left. And then the next day, um, I find out from my best friend, who had been walking with that guy also, and he's like, oh, that guy's gay. I'm like, what? I'm like, how, how do you know that guy's gay? He's like, because he said he was attracted to you. I'm like, well, I spent all night with that guy. Oh my God. <laughs> like like I, had, I had no idea. But, you well, know, I was scared. I don't know if he was scared or anything. The fact was, is that I'm, and my wife can attest to this, I'm clueless to the fact of anybody being attracted to me. Like, oh to me, I never really get it. You know, I don't know why people would be, and I don't get the signs, and so it's kind of like out of my purview. But I've known that for five years, and he still has no clue how attracted I am to him. <laughs> you know, and then I had a, I made another friend later on in life, in like the early two thousands, I was doing like open mic stand up comedy, and one guy there was into um, like voiceovers and stuff, and so I was curious, like, how do you get into that business? Literally, his last name was the word gay, um, but. <laughs> And he, he was you know, a clue. part of his stand-up was, you know, he talked about his, he was gay and he, he came from South Dakota. But anyway, this is in like Washington, D.C. Anyway, so he and I would hang out a lot together. And, um, you know, one time we were just talking for hours in my car outside of my house. And um, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you later. He's like, are you not gay? I'm like, no. Do you think I was gay? He's like, man, he goes, my gaydar is so off. <laughs> Because my other, my first wife at the time was like, "Is that your boyfriend or something?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's my boyfriend." I'm like, "But I'm not gay." <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't even know he was like interested in me either. I thought it was just getting along, and I think that may be the case with our friend Corey too. Greg, Corey is a mutual friend of ours who's gay, and uh, I mean, he's been to my house, and I don't know, maybe he was attracted to me too. I have no idea. I should probably ask him sometime. He moved to Rhode Island, but oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I should I, I should ask Brendan? Are you attracted to me? Should I know? No. Okay, uh, good. I, my, 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 the final cap on my Scotty story is I was very drunk once and I told Scotty that he was a very good looking guy. And he looked at me and he goes, you're just not my type. And I was like, hurt. There was a part of me that was like a little like, oh. That's what I'm saying. The straight guy always, they want to make sure that they're accepted too. It's so funny. <laughs> now I thought about it after, after you mentioned that, I'm like, how is that possible? And I'm like, oh, that's right. I, I did tell Scotty, I wasn't, there was nothing because he was my best friend's brother, but, but the fact that he said, I'm not into you, I was like, oh, really? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> there was, there was this really great gay bar in Tucson called IBT's and they had the Sunday beer blast. So I'd always go and they had karaoke. It was the, one of the few places back then that I had karaoke. And I would, you know, it was like $5 for five beers and a hamburger off the grill. And I'd bring all my punk rock friends. I'm glad and you I specified that. that it was off the grill, Greg. Yeah, it was like, just like the hamburger meat. They like no, really they, had a, raw. they had a barbecue set up. It was like a real fun thing on the patio. <laughs> oh, just that detail was karaoke. so necessary. Anyway, go okay, ahead. but what you're saying now is totally unnecessary. I'm telling a story, <laughs> so be quiet. So <laughs> I would take all my friends at any time. Any of my friends, even if they weren't that attractive, it was like chum in the water. Like they could, the gay guys were like, "Oh, here's a new guy." And they'd swarm at him. And I always thought, like, I was completely 
safe there. I was invisible. Like that's how I, I realized that's when I was really realized how homely I was with the fact that <laughs> even these gay guys who just want any fresh meat at the bar, they just oh. totally ignored me. They never hit on me. And I was oh, like, man. I just be there eating my hamburger, drinking my beers. Was the hamburger from the grill? Yeah, it, no, was, it was from the grill, meat. Matt. It was raw hamburger meat, Matt, that they threw in my mouth like a seal. Wow. And uh, But no, it was like, it was, it was, I, I know that feeling of just like, these guys are just hitting on anyone who walks in the door who's like new, especially if they're straight. It seemed like they like, oh, this kid's probably straight. I really want to, yeah. you know, hit that. Yeah, but not me. <laughs> I was just oh, I totally ignoring me. That's the sign they carried around anyone but Greg. Yeah, uh, <laughs> except for a drag queen. Later, a few years later, I did make out with this drag queen there, who's really hot, Helena Bubbles. Okay, <laughs> I love the oh, name. Hold up, you want to hear the best drag queen name ever? Sure. Yeah, Nicole Anoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Comes with her own camera. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's a not safe for work dad joke, practically. <laughs> Most drag queen names are. Okay. God. You know, if it wasn't for our mutual friend, Corey, I wouldn't have watched like nearly every season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, my God. He's like, if you really want to know about our culture, Matt, you got to watch the show. I'm like, all right, I'll watch the show. Yeah. It's funny. Hey, it's a funny show. Real. One of the best. My straight friend Dills was addicted to it. Straight What's female, it? and she's she she's fucking addicted to that show, like sickly, so flamingly <laughs> addicted to it. <laughs> All right. Well, we have come to, I believe, the the end of our program. Wow. But um, is there any any last thing that anybody wants to uh, to dredge up regarding our client and like if we given our client well, I think enough I, attention? We barely let I talk. We've talked about our hetero feelings about gay stuff, and Ike's barely said anything. I no, I am so in love with you guys. I really, <laughs> I want to know that I would never smear the straight man <laughs> with Uber Lube. <laughs> yeah, you guys were incredible. Let me tell you, and I appreciate the topic too. It was great talking with you guys. Well, and you get a final opportunity to uh, either promote your website or anything else you want to promote before we go. Yeah, sure. Feel Uh, free. People want to find me. They can find me on icabelli.net and all my social media is just a click away right on that website. And also my store where you could buy buttons, uh, T-shirts, phone covers. Is that butt apostrophe N-S? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Plural. <laughs> right. Just to so keep anything, the theme. It's a and I would like to ask Ike, um, is is any scenes from Lube the Gazical? Is that on YouTube? Did you ever videotape any scenes? No. Okay. We tried to we try to keep a lot of the stuff off of the internet, um, only because of the costumes, the especially with Fifty Shades of Gay. You'll and find potential copyright issues and well promo. Okay. Well, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the mm-hmm. promos uh, have a lot of the costumes in it, so we try not to show too much because if people are coming out, they want to be a little surprised at what they're seeing. Maybe you just do like only heads. Heads. I'm going to send you a promo. Okay. Well, we'll Great. Look at it. Cool. You can sponsor the show at some point. Be one of our fake sponsors. Yeah. We'll we'll air it. Yeah. Maybe I'll do one for Uber Loop next week. <laughs> It sounds like a fake sponsor. I'll I'll send a copy for you in case it helps. (laughs) No clothes, please. (laughs) All right. Well, that being the case, I want to thank Ikevelli very much for putting up with uh, three strange men for the course of this last hour. You can find him, as he said, at ikeavelli.net. That's Aveli with two L's. So don't pronounce it the Mexican way, everybody, or you'll wind up in the wrong spot and that's dot net not dot com or you'll do what i did and go to the wrong place if you uh don't do dot net all right i'll be down in the description below yeah we're somewhere or, or you'll find it you know because i forget to do some things sometimes but either way if you've made it this far to the show at the very least you'll find this 
on online somewhere because we're everywhere at www.qsblaw.org. We're not .com either. We're .org. Anyway. Uh, and you've learned a lot about diversity today. It's one to yeah. grow on. We didn't actually learn about diversity. We just learned about <laughs> homosexuals, Greg. We didn't deal with race or anything like that. Well, some kind of diversity. <laughs> Mental diversity. The more diversity. you know, man. The more I, you I, know. I'm going to tell you guys, just in a, a parting note, you guys were so much fun. One of the best interviews I've had in the last few months. So this was a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You've been fun too. I just yeah, yeah. Say, if guest. you feel that way, I feel very sad for your last few months. It was Greg just coming on to me? Yes. I think he was. I, I, think, he's been, I think he's been coming on to you the whole show. Yeah, for the I, sixth time I came on to you. You yeah. just noticing? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently you're clueless too. You're as clueless as that. Well, you know, he just came out 12 years ago, Greg. He's like, he's not I quite know. on there. Why have it come out yet? I might be the most latent homosexual in history. I'm 54. You're an maybe A homosexual. I'm, maybe I'm very latent. Not <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> latent. Maybe you should talk to your brother. He can give you tips. He could. But yeah. not in the like the incestuous way. Oh, come on. Come ah, on. Ah, <laughs> I just vomited in my throat. And yet, oddly, I'm turned on. <laughs> All right, it's this like is a, been... a mic or something. I feel like I gagged in a microphone. <laughs> this has been the proctologist ah. offices of, of Quibble Squabble and Bicker, everybody. So, um, have a good day. Your consultation with the law offices of Quibble Squabble and Bicker has ended. You may pay your retainer at www.qsblah.org. Please exit to the right of the water cooler and grab a candy from the front desk. We hope to see you again soon, but you need to leave now. I said leave. Why don't they ever listen? Get out! Get out! <laughs>